All right, so we are starting a new journey of following Jesus, follow. We're gonna follow Peter as he follows Jesus. Um, And I wanted to give you a little bit of the backstory of why are we studying Peter and why now and why I think God ordained this just for this time and for us in this season. So uh, about a year ago, we started praying again, okay, well, what should we write? What should we do in the spring semester? And Peter just kind of kept coming up. Now, I had gotten interested in Peter about, well, it was a few years ago when IBC did a sermon series on the man Peter. Now, I had never studied Peter. You know, I've gone to seminary, I've read through all of the you know, New Testament books and study the New Testament books, and you see snapshots of Peter here and there. He's all over the New Testament, but I had never done a focused study on the man Peter and his journey with Jesus. And I was fascinated in this sermon series, and I thought, I, someday I want to go back and spend more time with Peter. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. So as I started praying, it kept coming up again, Peter, Peter, Peter. So I'm like, all right, finally, we just we'll go. We'll start doing Peter. So I sit down and I start sketching it out. Okay, so this is what's happening over here with me. Now, I want to pull you over here to tell you what's happening with our church at the same time. We as a leadership and um, as pastoral staff, and in fact, our entire staff have started praying, Lord, where do you want us to go? What do you have for this church in this next chapter of our lives as a church? And um, as we kept praying, we really believed that he gave us this vision, which we've summarized as we want to be a transformed people who have transformed our community. We want to be transformed. We want to be changed from the inside out. And as a result of that change, we want our community to be totally different because we, the people of IBC, are interacting with it in a new way. So as we started thinking, okay, well, that's great, this transformed people in a transformed city. Well, how do we do that, right? So that's Holy Spirit work. Like, I can't transform you. Only Jesus can transform you. But we can offer you tools to help you cooperate into this transformation journey. And what we decided on was, well, it's really all about discipleship, isn't it? It's about following Jesus. We get transformed when we start following Jesus more intentionally. So that led us to creating this discipleship program, which we'll, you'll hear about as we move along, called Foundation, which we really hope that at some point all of you will go through the Foundation class that we have here at IBC. So this is happening over here. I'm praying about Bible study over here, and I'm starting to write the curriculum and dig into Peter. And then I just am like, of course. This is all about discipleship. How come I didn't see that before? See, I'm not smart enough to do that kind of thing. Jesus has to do that. And he pulled it all together. And so that was amazing to me. I mean, it was just maybe you don't get the significance of it, but for me to see what he was doing over here and to see what he was doing for us, the women of IBC, the women that attend this Bible study, he is calling us to discipleship. He's calling us to be intentional along with this entire church. So this to me is no mistake that we are studying Peter and his journey right now. Um, So I'm really excited about this. Uh, So, okay, discipleship. 
what exactly does it mean to be a disciple? Well, disciple is an old word, um, and really it just means follower. Some say apprentice, um, but it's, it's really someone who follows another person. Um, we wanted to be really clear about what discipleship was because we can kind of get hung up in disciple is all really about us and our transformation, right? So I need to follow Jesus. I need to, you know, let the Holy Spirit do his work in me. I need to surrender. I need to, you know, I want to be available. I, and so it becomes about this internal personal journey. But really we think being a disciple is about more than just what's happening for us. It's about how we are moving out into the world and about how we are then impacting the world. So there is a really great bookmark that I want you to grab out of your table basket. It looks like this. It's got a picture of the cover on the front. It says follow. And on the back of that is a definition that we are going to be using for disciple. And it's actually a missionary disciple. And it says this, a missionary disciple follows Jesus, is being transformed by Jesus, and joins Jesus in his mission to bless the world. So a missionary disciple follows, is transformed, and then joins. And that's what we feel like we are called to. And that's what we see Peter doing. We will see, as we follow him in this study, we will see him choose to follow Jesus. And then we will see him lesson after lesson after lesson being transformed by Jesus. And then in the end, we will see that he is ready to join Jesus in his mission to bless the world. And we are thankful and should be very thankful that he did make that choice. So that is what a missionary disciple is. And that's where we're headed. Now, one of the things that we also started praying about here at IBC was, okay, great, we've got this discipleship journey. Well, what are some tools that we can help people, encourage people in um, to, to help them kind of show up for this cooperative work that we do with the Holy Spirit? Um, and so we came up with what we are calling the five rhythms of a missionary disciple. And so I want to ask you to turn to page eight. Now, this isn't unique to our Peter Bible study. This is actually something that the entire church um, is talking about and what you would hear if you go to foundation, but it fits so beautifully with Peter's journey that we wanted to adopt it into here as well. So if you did Moses or you did Galatians, you know that each week we started with a practice section and Tiffany just told you about those. Um, so our practice sections are gonna center around these five rhythms and you'll see them there. They are prayer, scripture, mission, church, and worship. And you can read each of those things, why we pray um, and, and why we read scripture and joining the mission and being a part of the church and making worship a key component of our lives. Um, so I won't read those to you, but they're there for you to read. Um, so how that's gonna work is, Tiffany already pointed you to page 11, but go ahead and flip over to page 11 again. So you'll notice we have five rhythms and there are 10 weeks of our study. Well, that's great news for us because that means we get to actually slow down a little bit and we get to do some of these rhythms, you know, two weeks at a time. We get to just sit into them a little bit longer. 
Um, So the first week, we are going to be reading and reflecting on God's word, which is the scripture rhythm. Now, I know you're thinking, well, isn't that what Bible study is? (laughs) Reading and reflecting on God's word, and truly it is. However, there is also an opportunity for you to read some different passages, ask a few different questions, and just let the Holy Spirit teach you. Um, And so you'll see here, I've set it up. There's a couple of different passages. If you flip over to page 12, it'll say step one, read. There's three different passages you can choose from. Now, Peter's life, there is so much material on Peter's life that so much of it we had to put on the cutting room floor, so to speak. Um, But that doesn't mean it's not important. That doesn't mean that there are great things for us to learn from these episodes of Peter. Um, And so there's three passages where Peter is observing Jesus do something or he's engaged with Jesus. And so you could choose one of those. And then there's some reflection questions that are just more open-ended, asking you to say, okay, well, what seemed important to Jesus in that passage? What types of questions did he ask the people? How did he interact with people? What types of questions did people ask him? And how did people in the passage interact with him? And then what is Jesus inviting me to do as a result of this passage? So this is just a great opportunity for you to sit and read and reflect a little more freeform. And I really, really want to encourage you to do this because God's word is living and active. It's not just empty words on a page, ancient stories. This is God's living, active, holy word. And he has something to teach us. His Holy Spirit indwells in us and he will teach us from this. And so I really want to encourage you, pray, ask him to enter in, and then see where he leads you with this. Um, You actually may find that that's the best part of your study all week. So I want to encourage you there. Okay, so that's our five rhythms, and that's how they incorporate into our lesson. Well, the last thing I want to talk to you about is just what I'm hoping for us as we enter into this journey. You know, as we start following Peter, as he's following Jesus, uh, which incidentally is another reason why I'm super excited about this study, because the Lord led Alice to write this amazing study on Jesus. So we've just studied Jesus for a whole semester in new ways, read about him, learned about him, and now we get to follow him through the eyes of Peter. Um, So one of the things that really impacted me about Peter, and I hope that you see quickly, is how normal Peter is. That he is this small town fisherman. He's really nobody to everybody else. He is somebody that is probably overlooked by most people, but not Jesus. Jesus sees Peter He sees Peter for who he is, who he can be and will be, who he's created to be, the mission that God has set him out on and intended for him. Those are the things that when Jesus sees Peter, that's what he sees. What the world sees when they see Peter is totally different. And we're going to see Peter wrestle with Jesus, and we're going to see Peter fail And that's actually one of the things that I love most about Peter. He kind of messes up a lot. (laughs) And that's really comforting to me, honestly. He speaks when he should be listening. He says things that are 
maybe stupid and out of line. He sleeps when Jesus specifically tells him, stay awake. He gets scared. He doubts. He does all of these things that we do. And even in his darkest moment, he denies that he even knows Jesus after all they have been through. And I see so much of myself in Peter. And I imagine that you will as well. The thing that I love is that Jesus never, never gives up on Peter. Every single time Peter stumbles or does something that he shouldn't do, Jesus picks him back up, he points him back on the right road, and off they go. It is never-ending grace for Peter from Jesus, and I love that. To me, this is what I think he sees in us. You know, we're nobody. We're the small town fisherman girl. We, we're really not that significant in the world's eyes, are we? In fact, probably we've all experienced people overlooking us and passing us by, not pointing us out as special. And yet Jesus does. He sees every single one of us and he says, I choose you. I see who you are. I see who I've created you to be. I have a mission for you too. I want you to follow me. I want you to be my missionary disciple. Just like Peter, he wants that for us as well. That's how God works, you know? 1 Corinthians, I love this passage, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And I just want you to listen to these words. It says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. See, you may not think that you have much to offer, but Jesus does. Just like Peter Jesus calls us to follow. And he says, I have great things for you. Follow me. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to follow Peter as he follows Jesus. And I hope that it is a life-changing journey for us. I hope that Jesus opens our eyes to where we need to change direction, how we need to boldly go after him in a new way. That's my hope, that's my prayer for us as we enter into this journey. Now we're gonna go into our small group time in just a minute. Um, and like I said, you're gonna have this opportunity to affirm to each other your small group guidelines. Um, you're also gonna have an opportunity to practice your very first following skill as you follow your leader to your room. 
that is where you'll meet next week. So if you are new to Bible study, just know next week when you come in, you'll go straight to that room and you will have the opportunity to discuss lesson one. As I've said in the past, I really want to encourage you, start your lesson tomorrow, maybe even tonight. Um, our week don't, you know, we, it kind of can get a little funny because the week doesn't really start on Wednesday, but it does for us. So think about that. The first day of my Bible study week is Wednesday. And these spiritual practices, these rhythms that we're going to do, they aren't something you can do as you're driving to church on the way to Bible study. You need to plan, but I promise you, if you make space for these things, they will be good and you will be glad that you've done them. Before we move into um, our small group time, though, I wanted to make some space for us to pray together. Um, and I'm going to pray over us as a group. I want to recognize where we are in our calendar, though, as we're doing that. On Monday, we celebrated MLK Junior Day, a day that um, was a hard-fought day for unity in our country. And on Friday, we will inaugurate a new president. And while we do not talk about politics, we would be remiss to not acknowledge the division that still exists in our country. And so we just wanted to just pause and pray for unity and for restoration for this community here, every woman in this room to be unified to be for each other, and to express that unity to the world. So would you just join me in prayer for a minute? Lord Jesus, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, uh, for work that has been done, for the journey that we as a country are on, Lord, for the conversations that are happening, real and honest. But Lord, we know that there is so much more work to be done. So we ask, Lord, that your peace would come. Lord, we ask for unity. We ask for great strides toward unity. Lord, we pray for unity in your church. Supernatural, miraculous unity. Where all feel welcomed, and not just feel welcome, but know they are welcomed. Lord, would you help us be the hands and feet that need to do that welcoming? Lord, we pray for our country as we move forward. We trust you. You are sovereign, and you have everything under control. And so we pray for our leaders. We pray for our incoming president. We pray for the incoming administration, Lord, and we ask that you would be sovereign over all of that. Jesus, we also want to pray that you would teach us this semester. Lord, would you move before us and would you, would you show us how to be disciples in a new way? Lord, would you help us to just boldly follow no matter where you're leading. Lord, to, to lay aside fear and hindrances and to go after what you are telling us to go after. Lord, we know that wholeness and joy is found 
and being closely aligned with you, even when it's hard. So Lord, I just, I pray for a blessing over every woman in this room. Lord, I pray that you would create space in her week so that she has time to thoughtfully do her study. I ask, Lord, that, that you would help um, all the obstacles that will threaten her every Tuesday morning from being here to just go away. Lord, we pray um, that dogs would not get sick and children would not get sick and parents and husbands and bosses and any of the things that, that come in and try to threaten us from being here, Lord, that you would hold those at bay and that this space would be sacred, that we can come in together and learn from each other. And Lord, I pray for this space around the table to be sacred. I pray for women to feel safe, that they can open up, Lord. I pray that you would lead us and guide us in good conversation, real conversation, Lord. And that because of that, we would come away stronger women, that we would come away knowing you more. So Lord, we ask all of this, and we know it only can happen by your grace and through your power. And so we ask it in your name. Amen.